Welcome to the Mariner's Church Life Group Leader Podcast. This weekly conversation is designed to equip and resource you to build a healthy life group community that studies God's Word, practices spiritual rhythms, and changes the world together. Welcome, Life Group Leaders, to the Life Group Leadership Podcast. So glad to be joining you uh, today. This is uh, John, and uh, I've been away for a couple of weeks. I've been out of pocket, been sick, so Dallas has been holding it down, but excited to jump back in with you uh, this afternoon. And uh, not alone, I'm here with my my good friend, part of our uh, outreach team, and a special emphasis on the global arm of our, of our church, uh, Mr. Marayu. Yeah, John, I'm also a Life Group Leader, so I'm pretty excited to be here. This is such an honor to be able to share and hear my voice as one of the life group leaders who will be listening to this podcast. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah, thanks for jumping in with us. And then, uh, leaders, if you hear some construction going on in the background, that's not Moreo and I like turning over tables and wrestling or anything like that. Um, if you've been on campus, you'll know that Multiply is in full effect, and it's so amazing yeah, just absolutely. to see, uh, man, did the excitement of what God is doing. What an incredible opportunity. Um, we're preparing the ground right now, right, for the, the lawn venue, which I'm particularly excited about. Man, John. Come on, John, out there. Come on, John, let's go. Yeah. Good things are going on. You're going to see that this weekend. There's so much so much to celebrate. Super um, fun. Uh, our senior pastor, Eric Geiger, did something yesterday, and, and we had a kind of a moment to look and celebrate, and he said, this isn't a groundbreaking. This is a ground-taking. <laughs> I just love that because mm. we're taking ground for the kingdom so good. Uh, through your generosity, and it, it's exciting. So. Um, well, I've got Mario here with us for, for a few reasons. Number one, he's just awesome, and I'd love to sit down and, and, and chat with him and speak too high any chance that I get. Um, but also just kind of an in, insider information. Uh, but this weekend, not only is it week four of I Need a Miracle, which has just been an incredible series, um, but it is what we uh, kind of dub out, Outreach Weekend is coming up this weekend as well. And uh, Life Group leaders are on the inside track at uh, hearing that maybe now uh, Friday before the weekend. Um, but uh, Maria, just give us a little bit of um, insight of, of what to expect this weekend. And we're always encouraging our groups, right, to think not just beyond their own gathering, but to have a have a heart for um, for, for outreach and to reaching yeah. into the community locally and globally. Um, what are you excited about this weekend and what can we highlight for? Yeah, I think it's it's really powerful. Um, this weekend uh, has, we're putting together the whole outreach weekend. One of the things that we felt was pretty important was to give our people a history of where we've gotten to, sort of mm-hmm. like an ex- expansion of our unity with the saints, of what mariners, what God has enabled mariners to be a part of over a long period of time. And so there'll be an opportunity to learn, hear about the ministries that have gone, explore, express uh, different prayers, and um, some practical ways to jump in for not just you as an individual, but you as your life groups. Um, some next steps that will come out of the weekend, uh, you'll be able to go to an unborn in- interest meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be a special needs parents day out where you get to um, sign up for that. Uh, there's an outreach volunteer rally. Mm. Um, anybody who's ever thought, hey, I'm curious about outreach or man, I would really love to be a part of fill in the blank outreach ministry. That's the event for you. Um, there's a foster interest meeting. Um, I am actually a foster parent. So mm. <laughs> if you'd want to sign up and serve and be a part of um, that, that would be really special. But I am a little biased because uh, we'll be, uh, my team and I will be hosting the Global Interest uh, Dinner. And so if you've ever been curious about what it looks like to be a part of the global church, yeah. how you as an individual, as a group, um, can come and, uh, come alongside our global partners, Eric is going to talk about um, what that has meant for him. And you're more than welcome to come and listen to 
um, to that. There's a little bit of a leaning towards global, but it really is an invitation to everything outreach this weekend. That's great, man. I love that. So lean in this weekend. Life group leaders are going to hear um, not only for the message about, man, the missional impulse of what it means to live out the kingdom, not just for the sake of our own discipleship, but for the sake of others, right? And so you're going to hear about that. And there's going to be five opportunities for you to jump into from interest meetings and um, some different things that we're doing with local outreach partners. So, you know, that's a massive part of what it means to be in and to lead a group. Um, and you'll 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 be hearing more about this on our Life Group Leader um, resource page. You're going to see even more of these opportunities that are coming for you to go and serve together as a group. That's really important. We did that during, we do that during Rooted, right? Yep. The serve experience is a substantial part of the oh, Rooted journey. Big time. And it's not meant to be a, we did it, it's never, but, but man, let's keep on, let's keep doing this. Let's serve together as a group. And so you're going to hear that this weekend. You're going to hear that more in the follow-up from us. So Yeah, our outreach expression gets to complete our discipleship experience. That's good. It's pretty significant um, because we get to reflect who God, who Jesus was when he engaged with those in the margins. We'll jump into that a little bit. But Beautiful. Awesome, yeah. man. Great. Well, uh, week four here, the sermon title is Jesus Pursues and Overcomes Sin from, from All Nations. I love that. I'm just going to go ahead and read the teaching summary, which is as your I Need a Miracle series magazine. I know groups, you have that week in and week out looking at that together. Um, it says this, Jesus shocked the Jewish community when he performed miracles for those on the outside, the Gentiles, so the non-Jewish community. Jesus came to bring forgiveness to people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. His pursuit of all people has not stopped, and he has invited us to join him. As we do, we enjoy the miracle of God uniting people together. Just reading that, Maria, what, what gets you excited about that? Um, enjoy the miracle of God uniting people together. I think it's exciting because left to our own devices, we can't do it. Right. At least experience the unity that God wants for us. Um, and his pursuit of all people has not stopped. And if at all he's pursuing people, not only am I one of the people he's pursuing, which just absolutely floors me, um, but his call for us is also to pursue um, those who aren't thought about in society. And I, those, those two things really jump out to me when we look at this summary, among many other things. Right. Yeah. And then Eric makes the point right throughout his message that, you know, the gospel, the good news, the message of Jesus, it's good news for every, for every culture. Amen. It's good news for every culture. And then he also says that it also confronts every culture yep. because it actually, it's not like a, the gospel meshes in or it's, you know, the synchronism with culture, but it sits above culture. So it's good news, but it also challenges culture in some in some beautiful and some and some in some painful ways. I mean, I think about and Eric talks about this kind of in our in our American culture, right? Kind of this um this pursuit of the American dream, <laughs> you know, success and and, yeah. and you know comfort and security. And again, not all those are, are are bad things, but when those sit above yeah. the message of the gospel, then then we're in a we're in a bad way. Yeah, I have, I have my uncle likes to say, if you really want to know Americans, just walk through Walmart or Best Buy because there's a gadget that solves problems that right. people didn't even know you had. So it's it's pretty fascinating um, because that it truly is a gift that um, this culture has to try and solve so many right. um, uh, of life's problems. But really, um, the individualism that uh, Christ really challenges this culture is pretty, yeah. it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, and it, it strikes me that a lot of, um, at least us of the West, right, kind of our pursuit is to, to, is to it is kind of for pleasure mm -hmm. and to minimize pain. Mm -hmm. um, the avoidance of pain at all 
at all, at all costs. At all yeah. costs. So we try to set up things that are going to yeah. dull pain, mm-hmm. you know, hide it, yeah. um, pretend pretend that it's not there. And actually what we find even in the passages that we're going to look at, and we all have these moments in life where we That's get true. a desperate situation, where there's desperation, uh, where, man, the gospel meets us in those places. The gospel meets yeah. us uh, in, in our need. In our need, yeah. And the beauty that comes out of that is Compro- it's incomplete. Yeah. yeah, right. It's powerful. Yeah, that's right. True. So let's jump into the questions here a bit. Um, the lean-in question—it's an interesting one—but the lean-in question is trying to get at the the um, a story of desperation. Yeah. All right. So if we know that desperation draws us in into the gospels, Jesus that pursues us first, right? But so often it's our desperation that becomes a mechanism that pushes us towards the pursuit yeah. of Jesus that has already begun. Uh, here's the question: It says, "Have." Have you or someone you know had a near-death experience? Describe the experience. Um, what, what was it like? How did the person survive? I don't know. Do you have, do you have a Murray near-death experience? I, I do. Yeah. I, it doesn't get too much sympathy because different people have different ideas of where people should ride their bikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when I was, um, I think I was 12 at, at the time, 12, 13, um, I, my, you know, um, my dad, to save money, just bought me an adult bike so that he didn't have to buy me Another bike later on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was a little big for me, but I was riding it on the road, doing a maneuver that was probably a little more dangerous than I should have. But a car showed up from nowhere, which they always do. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, I did. I did get up and get, uh, end up getting hit, and I ended oh, up on the, um, on the bonnet on the front of the car. Yeah, the bonnet. The bonnet. Yeah. Yes. The, the trunk. The trunk. The, yeah. Yeah. Of the or the hood. We yeah. call it the hood. The hood of yeah, the car. Yeah. Yes. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> Bonnet's like a hat, isn't it? I don't know. It, like I mean, an Easter hat. Depends, depends on where you're at <laughs> yeah. in the world. Yeah. We call it a bonnet back home. Yeah. The bonnet <laughs> of the car. Anyway, yeah. Um, but I, you know, I remember feeling in that moment like this is it. Yeah. This is this is how I go. It's a bit sad, but it's true. Long story short, miraculously was mm-hmm. able to um, leave that with just a broken arm. Hmm. But it's that, that I will never forget that feeling of desperation. Yeah. I will never forget that need to be rescued, the inability of anything that I could do, any thought that I could have, yeah. anything that I could control that would save me. Right. There's nothing there that, you know, I could do. I had read all the safety things. I knew what to do if this, that happened. But when you're... On the bonnet, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the hood of a car. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to um, to not feel that desperation. That's good. It's it's rough. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I won't go into my too long. If you want to know, sometime come find me on the patio. But <laughs> between my eighth grade and um, ninth grade year, I got jumped by no a way. bunch of guys in my neighborhood. What? Seven guys came out of a Toyota Cor- uh, Corolla. And um, it was not a great experience. I would call it a near-death experience, but it maybe felt like it at, at it the was time. Desperate. You were desperate enough. To- I, was, <laughs> yeah. I was desperate. It wasn't good, but I had a cool story to tell okay. going into high school yeah, next yeah. year. <laughs> All right. That's the the life on the streets of the barrier where, where I grew up. All right, buddy. <laughs> uh, we go to the look down here. Yeah. And I just want to call out here, uh, Eric is primarily teaching through the text in Luke 7, 1 through 10, which is um, the telling of the centurion man who... Who uh, his servant is unwell and calls for Jesus to come and and heal heal his servant and and the centurion man is in a, is in a position of great authority and and of privilege and recognizes that Jesus is a person of great authority and it just Jesus's word could come and make this man whole and then we also point Amen. in the in your leader guide to uh, Mark seven twenty four the thirty which although we don't um, read that text I believe in the in the sermon yeah. um, it's a good text to point to as well with the uh, 
the Gentile woman whose um, whose daughter is um, is is oppressed and mm-hmm. and calling upon Jesus. So. Um, and so then the question here, the first question you would want to ask, then what, what's the significance? What do you notice about the desperation of this woman? What do you notice about the desperation of the, of the uh, centurion? What stands out? Well, what do they have in common? You just want to read those, both of those stories and then draw some things out, some observations about, about both, both of them. So uh, we won't read the full passage, Maria, but would there be anything you'd want to highlight even yeah. as you're leading this in your group? I, I think it's it's also uh, important to point out um, just the social boundaries. And by social yeah. boundaries, it isn't necessarily that they were considered as equal, but um, for example, the woman would be somebody who lived on the margins of society, not yeah. just because um, of who she was, but also because um, she had a daughter who was possessed and that wasn't necessarily considered as kosher or somebody you could continue to live within normal life. And so she inevitably lived in this space of consistent desperation to see healing right. uh, come upon my um, family. So point out that sense of um, the boundaries creating a unique sense of desperation. Right, right. And then with the centurion, I mean, you're talking about he's a centurion in the Roman mm-hmm. army. Yep. In Roman-occupied Israel. <laughs> so yeah. you talk about somebody who... Yeah, was power. Yeah, it has power, but also a lot of disdain. Oh yeah, from from the community. Oh, we yes. we come we come to find out through the telling of this man's story that actually he was looked on with, yeah. with some favor that um, he even paid for the reconstruction of, of their synagogue synagogue locally. But you got to understand the the situation of you know you're in Roman occupied okay. Israel, yep, and he represents the full power of Rome. Rome that yeah. came and 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 took away you know your belongings yeah. and your people. This is not. Somebody who would have inclined to help. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And yeah. so what are we getting at? Well, these are these are two um, really outsiders and where they may have thought, well, actually, the message of the Messiah, it, it's for, you know, the, the Jews that, yeah. that, that follow after it. We begin to see, right, um, more and more that Jesus is showing showing us and we see it all throughout the New Testament that, man, this is everybody. Yeah. This is what has been foretold that. You're going to be blessed to, to be a be a blessing. That all nations will be blessed through through you. That it's not about one sect, one people group, but yeah. that the message of the gospel is is multi diverse. It's multi ethnic. It's multi generational. It goes across all barriers and all boundaries. Yeah, that we can't put it in one. Yeah, lots of expectation, yeah. right? So, yeah. It's good. It's pretty powerful. I think this this story always reminds me when. I was planting a church in Liberia, and one of the pastors I worked uh, with um, told me an interesting story where he eventually had rebels come into his village, destroyed, um, kill a bunch of people wow. he knew, and they were pushed into um, the neighboring countries as refugees. But he felt like he still had to continue preaching the gospel. Mm. Long story short, a year later, that rebel group that took over his village um, was overtaken by another rebel group, and they were pushed in. Um, to this same refugee mm. camp, and he said the day he realized that the gospel was for everybody was when he got up to preach, and within his congregation he could see the people who had killed Michael in his village. And Unbelievable. He, he said he wouldn't say that he knew how to get over it, yeah. but were it not for the gospel and seeing that space come into play, man, um, I man, I don't know. I, I it's, it's something else, but it... Truly, is powerful that it's only the gospel that's able to to do that, despite um, the different settings that people accomplish. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 
Yeah, and the commonality of need and desperation, right, where the gospel meets us down. That's great. So you'll want to kick that around a little bit more. There's a few other um, questions that you can guide through, but really the main point you want to get through the look down is, what do you learn? What do you see about the centurion, about uh, the Gentile? Well, what do they have in common? What 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 do you learn about, about them? Uh, and then we're going to get to the lookout, and it says, um, are there categories of people in our community that might be quick to dismiss, dismiss Jesus simply because they believe that he did not come for them? So are there folks maybe who, similar to um, the Gentiles in, early on, might have felt, wow, I'm not sure if the, this is for us. Is this just a Jewish Messiah? Are there folks now that might feel like, ah, I'm not sure if the message, the gospel is for us, either because of the ways it's been presented or more received. Does anything come come to mind for you there? Yeah, I think about, I mean, even just a message with these two people. One is um, sometimes our desperation is so intense, you yeah. feel like nobody would care. All right. And so we carry this weight around, not knowing that there is a savior there who desperately wants to uh, bear that burden for us. But at the same time, there's also, um, you know, going back to what you're talking about earlier, John, um, a lot of us who've become really good at insulating ourselves from the pain yeah. that life has. And so we dismiss Christ as weakness. We dismiss mm-hmm. coming to Christ or giving our lives to him as an inability right. to engage with um, yeah, with 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 the desperation that we truly do all have as humans. Yeah. Right. And so I think um yeah, I think of those two categories of people. Sometimes it's a pain we're carrying, something in our lives that's just impossible for us to um come to terms with. Or maybe we've just done a, such a good job insulating ourselves. Right. Right. We've built this black box that we've shoved it into a corner for you. Yeah. Right, right. That's good, man. That's good. Um Let's turn. Let's turn into the look in here. Let's turn into look in then. Uh, it says, "Describe a time when you had no choice but to put your faith in Jesus and to let Him work out His purposes in a desperate situation that you were facing." So, when was a time that you felt, "Man, I have no. There's no other way. I'm desperate." And how did you turn to Jesus? What What did that look like? And it might not even be a story of the past. It might be a current story right, for so, many yeah. with, within your group, right? Yeah, I think. Um, man, this is. I I look forward to. Um, I look forward to this discussion for you as group leaders because yeah. it's a really good opportunity to learn from one another, see see how God has come through for one another because in that setting you get to see how big God is yeah. and see what um, he could be calling us to. And on a personal level, like I said earlier, um, uh, my wife and I are currently fostering a young, a young mm-hmm. baby and he's... <clears throat> He's the sweetest kid ever. I mean, he smiles at everybody. He's in that sweet spot, six month old, just cooing and crying. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, he has he has quite the story behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, he he has a lot of physical growth, um, physical things holding him back in his growth. And so we're desperate to see God um, come through. And I think every every night, you know, we have a difficult night, or I'm holding him, crying at two a.m. You know, we just Turn to the Lord and say, you know, this is your child. We, we're 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 holding him. Yeah. Um, we're able to foster him, we'll, um, parent him during this time. Yeah. And we are pushed into the desperation, but right. I just have to turn to God. I have to believe that God is way bigger than that. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's beautiful, man. You guys are living that out day in, day in, yeah. day out. Absolutely. Um, and then the last question just kind of has to do with 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 faith, right? So we see the centurion man. I mean, it's like, Jesus, if you just say the words and my servant would be healed. I mean, there's such a demonstration of 
this um, man is not withholding that there's this faith that mm-hmm. rest not not in the in the centurion's man authority and power. He's he's yeah. desperate, so he recognizes Jesus's authority and power. Yeah, and there's just like this clinging, this holding on to. I I know that you can. I know that you've got it. Um, and so often for us, there are things that we we put kind of as a stop gaps before we get to that, before we get to that point. So maybe the question you want to have around your groups is, you know, what are the things that maybe you, you run to before you maybe run to, to faith in Jesus? What are, what are those stop gaps? Is it your ability to try to figure something out? Is it your own power? Is it your own authority? Is it reliance on maybe the faith of others and, and, and other people to come and, and, and rescue the situation? Uh, this man was at a complete desperate situation and he had so much power at his disposal, but he recognized actually I can't solve this. And so he went to Jesus. He ran to Jesus, to his authority and to his power. So it's a good question for, for you to kick around this last question with you guys in your groups is, uh, man, what, what are those things? Are there other stock gaps, things that you look to before you reach out to Jesus and spend some time, you know, in vulnerability, talking about those retell stories, Mario, as you're doing of things that you're <laughs> facing currently, but also where's where places that you've seen that in the past. And um, it builds builds faith within us, right? When we can hear and, and see how God has worked through with others. Yeah. Beautiful. Excited for you guys with this conversation this weekend. Excited for um, um, the outreach weekend and all the opportunities are going to come for your groups coming out of here. And then Maria, I know you wanted to point, it, point out a couple more things in the series, Mag, before we, before we yeah. wrap up. Um, one of the things that's very interesting is even as you talk about um, where where we feel your faith in Jesus shows itself, um, I think a lot of the times our our faith tends to be limited by the bubble we've 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 formed. And this is not to say that we don't get to experience God, but a lot of the times stepping out of our comfort zone allows us to see how big God is, and gives us the gumption or the courage to take on bigger faith journeys that yeah. He could be calling us um, into. Man, I had the fortune. Come on. Being on this trip with the two writers um, on page 64, 65. So there was Maria and Lexi talk about their experience in Uganda and um, Lexi talking about uh, Nea's uh, miraculously mended story mm-hmm. in the magazine. It's two powerful stories mm-hmm. I think you need to read. Um, I, uh, Lexi and Maria talk about, Maria is 16, by the way. Mm. No, 15. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she talks about um, how. Um, prayer was a really small thing that she didn't realize how big it could be until she was in Uganda. Yeah. And she's step, stepping out of her comfort zone in order to do that. But I won't give any more. No, no spoiling. Sorry if I yeah, yeah. there too, too much. Um, and Leah talks a very unique story about her healing journey and how it was only God who would have stepped in to make it um, possible for her to for her to do that. And so this is my dangerous prayer for you guys. Yeah, it's good, man. That, um, yeah, you will step into... Or have situations in your life that will stretch your faith, yeah. allow you to see God in a much bigger way, and need only God, or have the kind of thing that only God can come through for you um, to manage. That our faith in Him can grow. It's awesome, man. Thank you, Maria. Thanks so oh. much, man. Thanks for your time, life group leaders. As always, man, we're believing and knowing that God's doing great things in and through your group. I'm excited to sit down with my group and carry on these conversations. And man, when we put ourselves in front of God's Word and we ask God's Word to read us and then respond with vulnerability and honesty. It's amazing what the Spirit can do in and through that. So thank you again, Mareyu and Life Group Leaders. Thanks for your time, and we will see you back here on The Space next week. Take care, y'all.